Let's pray. Can we pray? Jesus, thanks so much for tonight. We worship you. Um, yeah, we pray that in this time, God, you would really um, come and teach us, Lord, about your spirit that lives inside of us. Um, I am ecstatic, Lord, to further equip your young people uh, to accomplish all the things, Lord, that you have put on their hearts and you have put on your heart for them. Um, yeah, so we give you praise. Be with us in this time. Um, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, so Jesus. Historically, Jesus was a real man, okay? It doesn't take faith for us to believe that uh, Jesus was a real person, that he had some amazing teachings, that he did miracles, um, even that he came back from the dead. Okay, you don't really need faith for that because if you study our only really uh, our only real account of Jesus's resurrection, there's over 500 different eyewitnesses that said that they documented have seen the risen Lord. Okay, what does take faith is that. Jesus was more than a man, yeah? That Jesus was, as we uh, have come to term it, that Jesus was fully man, and yet at the same time, he was fully God, okay? That he was something more than what people saw, okay? Um, and when I think about Jesus, I try to think, what, what was it about Jesus that made him fully God? Like, yes, Jesus did miracles, right? He had amazing teachings, but, but how did he have uh, uh, the, the power to do the miracles? How did he have the ability to not only raise himself from the dead, but raise other people from the dead? How did Jesus, like, what was it about Jesus that made him more than just human, yeah? Because I think if we can figure out, like, how Jesus accomplished that, I think it may help us accomplish some things that God has set out for us in this life. Okay, so a couple of verses for you tonight. Um, let's go to... Uh, First, I'm not first, Psalms. Let's go to Psalms 139. Yeah? This is uh, probably one of the first Psalms that I memorized, like, from beginning to end. Okay? Uh, I just want to focus on a couple verses for you, starting at verse uh, 13. Okay? For, uh, Psalms one hundred thirty nine verse thirteen fourteen and probably a couple after that. Uh so the scriptures are up on the board if you need them. Kaylee, I hope you paying attention. You know, right hook. Okay. I'm just saying. Um okay, Psalms one hundred thirty nine. If you don't have uh, your Bible in front of you, I'm gonna give you a left hook because this is Monday nights. Two things you should bring beside yourself, your Bible and your notebook. Okay? 
bring it, especially if I gave you one. I'm just saying, okay? Carry it with you on Mondays so you have no excuse. Awesome. Okay, Psalms 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Verse 16, you, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them present. Like he, he hadn't really lived any of them. Verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Hey, get this. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. So the thoughts that God has for us, there's a lot, okay? I mean, it's like infinity. If you think about grains of sand on the earth, that's an infinite thought for me. I mean, granted, it's not infinite because you could count everyone, although we would all die before we counted just like a cup full of sand, okay? Um, and the thoughts that God has for us not only outnumbered them, but they were like intricately detailed for every one of our days. Awesome? That's super rad, okay? Um, okay, let's go to um, Luke chapter, I think, 4. Sorry. No, 11, sorry. Let's go Luke chapter 11. Starting at verse mm, 13, I think. No, I'm going to go from 10. Luke chapter 11, verse 10. You guys there? Following along? Okay. I only got a couple more verses, and then we're pretty much done here. And then we're going to do, like, some exercises, okay? All right, so Luke chapter 11, verse 10. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead, uh, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Okay, so Jesus is, is talking about prayer, yeah? And in his analogy of prayer, he says, We who are evil know how to give good gifts. How much more is our heavenly Father able to give the best gift of all. I mean, think about it. J Jesus could have listed off a few other things there. Yeah? Uh, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you food every day? Or give you friends to encourage you? Or give you uh, strength to go on uh, through the trials of life? He definitely does. But Jesus uses, yeah, the gift of the Holy Spirit as the all-encompassing gift that we need for the life that we're living. That's, 
That's good. That's a loaded phrase right there. Yeah? That in the process, um, in the outcome of Jesus giving us the Holy Spirit, we really get all the things that we need for the life that we're living right now. Okay? So the answer to my question earlier, how did Jesus do the things that he did? What made him more than a man was, in a lot of sense, I want to say the thing that set him apart from so many others is his connectivity to the Lord and his infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Let's go to... um, So stay in the book of Luke. uh, Just back up to Luke chapter... um, Two verses. Um, Oh, wait. So keep your finger there. Luke chapter 4. I want to go back to Matthew. Matthew um, 13. Oh, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Sorry. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Okay, this is a story of Jesus being baptized. Okay, so we know that Jesus was, um, he had the immaculate conception, right? Mary uh, conceived of the virgin, as a virgin, um, conceived and uh, was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, yeah, with Jesus. Uh, Jesus gets born. Uh, when he's about 30, he starts his ministry. Pre, uh, prior to him starting his ministry, Jesus gets baptized. Okay? So let's follow. Um, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came to Galilee, to the Jordan, uh, to John, uh, to be baptized by him. Um, John would have prevented him, saying, Indeed, uh, I, I need to be baptized by you. Uh, do you come to me? Uh, but Jesus answered, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. In the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he gets baptized, and then two amazing things happen. One, the father addresses him as his beloved son in whom he is well pleased. And why is that cool? This is a little side tangent for you guys. I think it's pretty awesome because Jesus hadn't done any cool miracles yet, and still yet the father addressed him as his beloved son in whom God is well pleased. Yeah, How many of us like are encouraged or you feel people like you more because of what you add to their lives. Like if you obey, maybe your parents like you more or you get good grades and you listen, your teachers like you more, yeah? You uh, listen to your coach and you run without complaining and you do whatever your coach asks you to, they like you more. For the most part, 
Yeah, that's pretty common in this world, but that's not what is happening right here in this verse. This verse is a precursor where Jesus is shown to be beloved and pleasing to the Father before he had even done any of his miracles, preachings, um, before he endured the cross, yeah, before he came back from the dead. Um, but the, the peace in that that really... Uh, sticks out to me is that the gift that God gives Jesus that really catapults him into his ministry, yeah, is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? I'm not sure if Jesus would have been able to accomplish what he accomplished without the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he could have. Maybe he couldn't have. But the point is that he was given the Holy Spirit. And after he was given the Holy Spirit, he started his ministry. He started preaching. He started healing. He started ministering to uh, the people that he had been called to. So I don't know if we can really say that uh, he could have or couldn't have accomplished what he did accomplish without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he was son of God. But what we do know is that after he receives the Holy Spirit, he starts his ministry. Amen? Okay, so one last verse, and then we're finished for tonight. So go back to the book of Luke. Luke chapter uh, 4. I want to start from verse 16. Okay, this is another verse that we find right at the beginning of Jesus' ministries. This is probably one of the more important verses in all the Bible, okay? So I'll start from verse 16. So Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Okay, if you don't have a Bible, scriptures are up on the screen. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Verse 17. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, Jesus. And Jesus unrolled the scroll and found the place where, it's, where it was written. Verse 18. You guys following me? So Jesus is in church then. He stands up. He opens up the Bible of that time, this scroll, yeah, from the prophet Isaiah. And this is what he reads. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to one, proclaim good news to the poor. Two, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. Three, recovering sight to the blind. Four, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And five, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him and Jesus said today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing okay so Isaiah prophesies and he gives this uh, uh, or Isaiah when, when he, he uh, prophesies and, and gives this uh, verse in a sense and, and documents it it's hundreds of years before Jesus was even on the picture yeah and in that Isaiah writes, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And Jesus picks it up and says, this very verse is fulfilled in your hearing today. Okay? And so uh, there's two parts to this. Yeah? 
The second part has five pieces. The first part is what we have been talking about recently. So Jesus gets up. He opens the, the scroll yeah, of Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen? Like Jesus shows up. He's baptized. Holy Spirit ends up in the synagogue and he says, hey, there's something different about me. I'm no longer the same person I was before. Something is different. And the difference between his life pre-baptism and post-baptism, yeah, the thing that is making the difference between the life he was living before that we don't know much of and then the life that we know after, because you think like from young kid to 30, what do we know about Jesus? Yeah, we don't really know anything. But he gets baptized, the Holy Spirit descends on him, and he begins his ministry, yeah? And in his ministry, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, there's five things that, are, that Jesus has set out to accomplish. And you can list these if you're taking notes tonight, yeah? These are the five things that Jesus sets out to do, okay? To proclaim the good news to the poor, yeah? Proclaim liberty to the captives, okay? So both of those are preaching things. Um, recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty, yeah, or at freedom those who are oppressed, and five, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, okay? So the Holy Spirit comes on Jesus and it looks like preaching. It looks like helping people to, to see, to freeing the oppressed, yeah? Um, proclaiming liberty to the captives, like things that uh, weren't happening pre-Jesus. I mean, yeah, things that weren't happening pre-Jesus and things that weren't happening in Jesus' life pre-Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit shows up, descends on Jesus at baptism and things start to change. See, and for us, uh, I think, you know, for most of us in here, yeah, most of you guys are all believers. You guys have been coming for a while. You guys have an understanding of, uh, of the Lord. You guys have a relationship with the Lord. Um, I think majority of you in here have been baptized before. Yeah, and not only baptized by water, but I do believe that uh, a lot of you already have the Holy Spirit working in you, okay? And the evidence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and this is what we've been talking about recently, yeah? Shows itself in fruits of the Spirit, shows itself by the fact that we get gifts from the Spirit. You guys remember last week, there's like 16 different gifts that are listed in Scripture that we talked about, and we're going to talk about in, in a little bit. Um, but the, the result, uh, the, the purpose behind the Spirit of God living inside of us is not just so we could live good Christian lives. Yeah? Because I think you can read without the Holy Spirit. Amen? You can carry your Bible without the Holy Spirit. You can go to church without the Holy Spirit. But not many of us can understand what the Bible is saying and know the author of the Bible without the Holy Spirit. Not many of us, when we go to church on a Monday night or on a weekend or camps, are able to like uh, really fellowship with the body of Christ and understand the importance of that without the Holy Spirit, you know? And for sure, if we're going to accomplish anything great in this life for the Lord, there is no way 
that we can do any of that without the power of God's spirit living inside of us. Because without God's spirit, you'll be selfish. Without God's spirit, you're not going to live for his cause. When the spirit of God comes into our lives, he changes our hearts, he changes our minds, he gives us ability to think like God thinks. Hey, yeah? It's more than just like uh, talking with a friend. It's, it's literally the empowering of the eternal God giving us not just the ability to accomplish but the vision to know what to accomplish and then even the motive and the heart behind what it is that God has said. I, we opened up with the Psalms 139 verse. It says, the thoughts that God has for us outnumber the grains of sand on the earth. All the days that, uh, that we would live were already written in his book. And in those days that God has thought, hey, he's thought of you guys being ministers. He's thought about the day when he would come and visit you. He's thought about the day when he would use you yeah, to be his mouthpiece in the world. He's thought about the day when he would take the spirit of flesh that lives inside of you and replace it with his own spirit. And I think on the, hey, follow me on this. And I think on the calendar of days that we live in our lives, that was probably one of the more special days that he had ever thought of. The day he said, you know, on this day, yeah, I'm going to visit Michaela and give her my spirit. It's going to be a different day than I've ever, she's ever lived before. And she'll be able to accomplish things that she's never even done before because she's never even thought of them before. You know, I think on the calendar of our lives, that one day, yeah, it goes along with the day we got baptized. It goes along with the day when we first confessed Jesus as Lord. Because in Jesus' mind, I believe every other day that we live after we receive the Holy Spirit is supposed to be different. You guys following me? And so I, I really believe that most of you in here have God's Spirit in you. And what my goal is, and I feel that the leaders are, one of our desires is that we would help you understand that God's spirit lives inside of you and, and, and help you to understand what, what is it, yeah, that God wants you to accomplish, yeah, because of God's spirit in you. Okay, so let me, let me help you out real quick. So we're in this... Um, This series on uh, our, our adult services in the weekends, yeah? We've been talking about vision. And so this weekend, like, what is the vision for my life? And so I wrote down two things. When, when I was praying, I was like, hey, God, what is the vision for my life? Number one, that I want to bring God the max glory that is due his name, you know? Like, in, how awesome would that be for people to see my life and give God glory? Like, look at Kaipo. He was supposed to be a loser in life, yeah? But he's not. That's evidence that God is a real God. Okay? Um, and then the second 
goes along with the very heart of the Lord. There's, some, there's a scripture that says that Jesus came to seek and save what? The lost. Yeah? The great commission to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them all that he had commanded, and lo, he is with us all the way to the end. Like Jesus was about people. And so how does this go along with us being filled with the Spirit? I'm telling you that when we look at the gifts of the Spirit, yeah, so when the Spirit comes inside of us, he gives us gifts, and that gifts is to accomplish the purposes of God. I'm telling you tonight that it's all going to surround itself around people. Like one of the gifts from last week was, um, raise your hand here if, if, if you guys thought, or maybe not for raise your hand, but how many of us thought that uh, I wouldn't mind having words of wisdom, like the ability to have wisdom to share with people, okay? So you just think of that, words of wisdom. It's, it would be silly that the Spirit of God comes inside of us and then gives us the ability to be wise for our own good, like so that we would look better, so that we would look um, uh, more popular and cooler and get more likes because of the words that come out of our mouth, right? Like that isn't from the heart of God. Like the Spirit comes inside of us. It gives us the gift of words of wisdom. And I'm telling you, the heart of God is that words of wisdom wouldn't only direct our lives, but it would help direct the lives of other people. Because for us as believers, what do we have as words of wisdom? The Bible. We have the Bible. We have godly counsel around us. Yeah? And we may need the wisdom of God to know what we make, you know, the choices that we make, but ultimately we have the spirit and we can pray and God's going to direct us and lead us. So really, why would we need the words of wisdom when we have those things? The only motive behind and the reasoning behind us having words of wisdom is for other people. Because when we have God's spirit, when we know his word, when we have a godly counsel around us, like, we'll be able to have the wisdom of God around us for our own lives. But if God has given us words of wisdom, yeah, it's probably for somebody else. You guys following me? One, uh, one last week that we talked about was the gift of healing. Like it's good for us to pray for ourselves, but scripture says if we confess our sins, there's healing. You know? that we can pray to the Father and he'll heal us. But if God has given us the gift of healing, who is that for? Probably not for us. It's probably for other people. Okay, so 